Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network, so definitely check out those podcasts. Uh, today's episode we have is about using video games to connect and collaborate in your classroom. And I'm really excited to have Becky with us here. So Becky, if you could give a brief introduction uh, you know, to the, the well-played community here, uh, we're super excited to have you. Okay, um, I am, um, currently I'm not teaching because you know Florida's a little bit scary right now, but my kids need a lot of support at home. And um, my husband runs an IT department, so I just decided this is the best thing. But um, I've taught STEAM for K to 8, and I've also taught fifth grade at a science magnet school. And I have always been a lover of video games and play. Yeah, so this is where I'm kind of really excited to do this episode with with you because uh, Becky and I have sort of seen each other's work uh, you know, online, we've been in similar communities. We even played a board game together uh, over the internet. Uh, what was what platform was that on? I can't remember. We we played Railroad Inc. together on one of those board game recreated board. It games. was a while ago. I can't remember which one. It <laughs> yeah, was. I can't remember. There's several of these, but nonetheless, uh, really excited to chat about video games because I think anybody that knows my work knows that I'm super into board and card games and I do like video games uh, and my favorite aspect of board and card games is this coming together around a table right it is the sort of laughter in the room it is the ribbing you can do of each other like ah, I got you here or I took this thing or oh no you got me before I could get you and so I will say for me video games probably my favorite style of video games is like a party video game like a I think they're called couch co-ops where like you are in the room you are seated seated together and you are doing these quick things right where you can kind of say like ah oh, let's load it up again you know <laughs> let's try it again and I love that about video games but obviously there's a large runway on video games you can get into long format single player games you can get into rpgs you can get into like minecraft and and i mean like there's just endless i mean there is a video game for every type of player i guess is what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. uh and the more and more games today are designed to fit more types of players too so you can play certain ones in different ways that's that is super true so uh what one I guess story that I wanted to lead off with is in my classroom, here we are in this global pandemic. And in my classroom, I teach in a hybrid model. So I have in-person kids. I got some online online kids. And for my in-person kids, I'm, I'm feeling like there isn't that sort of magic that a school has, you know, where like recess, they mm -hmm. get to go run around and play lunch. They get to ch chat, right? Like that little conversations in the hall, those little conversations at their tables that kind of, so much of that got taken away when we monitor the halls really well so that we can have socially distanced. When they're mm -hmm. in our classrooms, they're six feet away. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but there's just a little bit of that luster is, has been tarnished and taken off on a school experience. And so I was looking for a way to sort of bring back a little bit of that magic that could still fit the social distancing and all that other stuff. And I decided two weeks ago to start bringing in my Nintendo Switch that I have. And 
uh, all the switches have uh, wireless controllers. So uh, kids can kind of stay in their seats. I have a big, 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 you know, projector slash TV. And so hooked it up to that. And it's been so fun playing these couch co-op games because you hear kids, like you hear that excitement erupt, right? Mm-hmm. It's so fun to hear kids sort of bubble over with that excitement and that and that line of like, let's load it up and play again. So uh, do you, I mean, do you have a game you've played or that you like that might fit that example? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of games that you can use and they're being used for esports right now. Mm-hmm. Like that you can just jump in real quick and play. Um, I mean, obviously, a, a huge one that I would suggest is Minecraft because mm-hmm. kids can, they have esports levels now, but there are also standards aligned lessons that teachers can use for um, any subject. I mean, you go to their, their website and you can check out what's there, but there's also, you know, a library of things that they can go through. Um, but other games where, you know, there's um, less, I guess, freedom to build and, and, um, wander around like that and explore would be something that just puts you right into, um, you know, puts you right into the game. Like a, a really great co-op game is Killer Queen Black and uh, Rocket oh, wow. League is really popular. Um, Splatoon is a great one, but you have to have your own copy for each device. So then you're getting into more devices. But um, we were talking and you mentioned um, snipper clips. That's a really great one for spatial visualization and collaboration, getting those kids to talk about how to move those pieces around. All right. So I for, can, for, I can imagine the success of that one. I could just see it in my head. It's yeah. So like for those of you that are catching this podcast, uh, I mean, you should see Becky's face light up when she's thinking about <laughs> snipper clips. Uh, so walk some of our, walk some of our listeners through what that game is just in, in its, in general form. Well, it's like a puzzle game, yep. it's sort of like puzzle pieces and you have to put the, and each character has their own shape and you have to put them together and snip off of each other's pieces, which can be really hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you snip off parts of each other's pieces and make the shape and then fit into it correctly. Sometimes you have to solve a puzzle and bounce a ball into a hoop, you know, little things like that. But um, it has all these neat challenges that you have to figure out and verbalize, you know, together. How are we going to make this happen? And it's like this crazy, loud cacophony of fun. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I am entirely with you. So Snipper Clips is a great example of a short thing that the players that are playing are having a good time. The ones that are actually watching, you know, at least in my classroom, can kind of shout out like, oh, no, 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 you got to do this, you got to do that, right? Like, so there's tons of, you know, backseat driving going on. Yes. In, 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 a, in a room full of kids that well want, said. Want, yeah, I want to play <laughs> snipper clips. And it is this interesting thing where like you're both, for lack of a better team, uh, words, you're, you're both like sheets of paper, if you will. And the only way to cut each other is to sort of overlap paper yes and then you kind of see what that overlap would be and if you hit the button it would snip that off and so like becky's saying you got these challenges of putting a ball a certain way and well if the ball's going to drop here we need like you to be like a ramp so that it slides this way so i'm going to trim you that way but then you got to trim me like then mine the ramp's got to go up to go into the hoop <laughs> No, but then you've got to be like a j shape it's, yeah. No, no, no. More curvy. <laughs> yeah. And like you're shaving off these things. You're trying. You're like, ah, we shaved off too much. Or like, oh my gosh, you pushed the button by accident and cut me in half. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game is a blast. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and here is that 
that that emotional moment that I, I want to try to bring back. And mm-hmm. so that's a really good one. One that I wanted to highlight on here too that I really, really like is uh, it's called... I'm blanking now on the name. <laughs> one of my one of my all-time favorites here is Towerfall. Uh, Towerfall is it looks almost like uh, an original Nintendo game, very like blocky, pixelated art. Retro, yeah, retro, <laughs> right? So it's like, but yet it was made only like a few years ago. Really quick, it can play up to I think six people. And here's another thing that's nice about the Switch is each controller can be used like separately as its own controller and a lot of these couch co-op games you only need like a few buttons you need a joystick to move your person and then usually there's like a jump and like a do action button so it's like two two things and towerfall you're all these little characters where above your head is two or three symbols of arrows and that's how many arrows you have and it is just last person standing and it's just a quick it takes 30 seconds 40 seconds 50 seconds to play around because you either can in this pixelated blocky art like hit somebody with an arrow or you can do kind of the mario jump on their head and so like people are <laughs> jumping around all these like various levels of little pedestals to stand on there's all sorts of little cool bonuses you can get little wings that, that you fly uh you know like different types of arrows that can shoot through walls uh you know these kind of things but ultimately it is an action-packed 30 40 seconds where again the rest of the room likes to see it they're they're laughing they're they're it produces those epic moments that people are like mm-hmm. oh my gosh did you see that he was falling <laughs> shot the arrow while falling hit somebody like oh my goodness uh and again if if that sounds as i say it if it sounds like violent to you i will tell you that like that pixelated art again kind of doesn't make it kind of crazy it's just this competitive kind of king of the hill kind of moment mm-hmm yeah, I think another really great game that kind of reminds me of that fun that you're talking about is um, Scribble Knots. I don't know. There's like a couple different versions of it, and it's a, it's a game where you you type in a word, and it gives you the object that you asked for. And that is like if you say you're trying to um, get up to the top of a tower to you know to to get a star or something. That's what you have to attain. You have to come up with a way to get it. So you could get a ladder. You could maybe say trampoline and then jump and bounce your way up. Oh, there. nice. And so it's really cool because, it, you know, like it's very open-ended. I mean, it's it's limited in what you can pull up, but it has a lot of objects that will automatically come up. And so you could have kids work together. I particularly love using video games where kids can be social but also do problem solving. And that, I think, is a really great one that, you know, it's easy to jump in real quick, and the levels are nice and short. So I think it could fit into that quick time span, that time span too. Yeah, and like like we said at the beginning of the show, there you obviously can develop awesome units and lessons around large format video games that are going to take tons of time. So I don't want to mm-hmm. say that like they have to be short, but mm-hmm. an area that I didn't really think about until this year because we could easily collaborate i could easily sit at a table and play a board game or a card game with them i haven't really thought about how like short use couch co-op type video games could be a great thing to do while you're waiting for class to start or Mm -hmm. in my case i have to open my classroom up at about 7 45 class doesn't start or school doesn't start till 8 10 but some of your kids get dropped off and they're sitting there and like 
oh man, here's a, here's a great little thing that you could do to sort of bond with those kids that get dropped off early. Um, same thing on the other end this year, kids have to wait in our classrooms until they get picked up. And so you have this like nebulous time, uh, <laughs> with them and formalizing that nebulous time into sort of a fun activity in which it's a little bit their space, you know, like Mm-hmm. Even if they've never played Towerfall, my kids never heard of it. Having me bring that on then, it kind of, there's a little bit of credibility. Like, whoa, this dude like knows some video games. Hey, this video game's really fun. And now like some kids, <laughs> one kid's like, I told my mom not to pick me up for a little bit because I wanted to. And I'm like, ooh, that's not what we want. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, uh, I think, um, if you get kids interested just by touching on something that they love, even if it's not a game that they've tried before, even if you just admit, hey, you know what, I don't really know a lot about video games and I'm just trying something new here, then they let them make suggestions. You know, I mean, that's a huge thing too. Just get them get them involved. Get Tap into what their knowledge is because that's what school is all about, to get them excited and interested in what they're doing. And video games don't just have to be you know, play only where there's no structure. I mean, you can you can even bend the rules of a game to make it so that it is educational, even if it's not straight up delivering some content that you're trying to you know deliver to them or or draw out of them and get them to develop into something bigger. I mean, you can have a lot of fun just bending the rules and trying something new. I love 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 that message, right? That. You know, just because something's coming off the shelf product like this way doesn't mean you can't apply other sort of rule sets on top of that to make it a unique, interesting challenge for your students, your classroom, or yourself, right? Like when you play a video game by yourself, you can try different challenges that aren't just built in the game. Such a good point there. You see, that kind of disruptive thinking is happening. The kids are going home and they're watching YouTube videos and Twitch streams of other people who play video games who are coming up with their own rules and they're doing speed challenges and they're doing completion challenges and they're streaming it and sharing it with others and they're making money off of it. So kids are really excited about that and some of them want to become streamers when they grow up. But many I mean, it's them. already, it's many already of happening. Them want to. And that creativity to think, okay, how can I make this really hard challenge that people are going to be excited to watch for my stream? You know, that's, um, that's something that I think adults haven't quite caught on to yet that, yeah, you can, you can bend the rules and it can be really entertaining and it can be really challenging and it can have great critical thinking skills involved in it. I mean, it's fun. I love watching that stuff. I love doing that stuff. <laughs> well, and two, I think maybe I'm going to dip here into board games just for a hot second. I apologize on the show all on video games. Today. I love board games too. You're, you're like way more well-versed <laughs> at board games than I am, but but I'm with you. Uh, my sort of game group that I play with, sometimes we intentionally do that. Like, you know, you're playing a board game and you're like, let's see, you know, like, yes, we know that a very good winning strategy is to buy this building, this thing and that thing. But I'm going to try to do it intentionally like the other way. Mm-hmm. Like can, if I totally Just focus. Just asking what if, right? Yeah. Like, and it's interesting to explore those. And even when you come up short, like even when I don't win the game that way, 
it's it produces such rich conversation because we have this like yes. whole new data about the game and you're like wow i never knew like that was a good combination this farm plus this thing which we've never thought of because no one was ever doing this weird strategy before mm-hmm. and and sometimes it produces better results for the the like the gold standard strategy whatever that is mm-hmm. you do pull out some nuggets where like even in the gold standard strategy applying this new technique while that overarching new strategy didn't work we did get some new techniques in there so that's that's that exploratory feel of a game where you're intentionally trying a different path is pretty intoxicating i don't know i love it well if you think about it like um when a game comes out people a video game comes out and people review it like a lot of times um before it comes out even they start saying I wish it had this. I wish it, you know, like if it's a, a sequel to something that mm-hmm. they've already played, they'll say, oh, I hope this time around they make it so you could do this and this. I mean, they have they have their list. They know what they want. And um, sometimes they come up with really creative ideas. And as the game is being developed, you'll hear, oh, the company's delaying the video game a little bit and they're going to be integrating some different mechanics. They're listening to the feedback from people who want to play their games and figuring out how to make better games because the whole community is involved in that process of kind of inventing what the game could be, the best version of it. And so it doesn't just have to be after the game is made. I mean, even before a game is complete, people have a say, they have that agency to decide what the game can be. So, No, that's neat. And then I think too, some of the video games educational video games in some <laughs> respects or ed tech companies you know i think about the success of kahoot or gimkit and while those are off the shelf pretty awesome again like becky's saying we that doesn't mean we can't spin it you know and i and i think i've done that with kahoot kahoot is rather basic i mean it's a multiple choice activity in which there's like a leaderboard i mean that's really what it is um but instead of having everyone have their device, like I've done where you break them up into groups and you put four devices on like the other side of the classroom and now the question comes up and you make them do like silly challenges. Like, I don't know, maybe they have to hopscotch between their computer and like where they start the starting line. So now there's this physicality to the game, right? Like mm-hmm. Kahoot was never going to build that in because they can't build that in. That's in your classroom. They can't make it into the software. But you could just have four computers and four teams. It doesn't have to be one per person and make them do these silly hopscotch challenges. Or um, I've had it where they've had to answer a question to me. There's like a dry erase board where they have to write down the answer, show me, and then they can go to the computer and answer the actual question that's the game. So there's like a little speed bump, right? But you can do those little twists and turns to the game mm. that all of a sudden, one, make it a little more human. Like it's like, oh, this is this is Mr. Matera's twist. Like no one else in the, the world is playing Kahoot this way. And there's there's almost a little like, we're in a secret club, like it's super fun. <laughs> and I don't know if this works for every grade level, but my sixth graders really appreciate that. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. this, he did this for us, you know? So any, any moment you can kind of spin a game, there's lots of reasons to do that. It ups the challenge, it ups the difficulty, it ups the like critical thinking skills that go in there because like now they have to know Kahoot, they have to know your content, and oh wow, whatever speed twist this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, you, you know, you could do 
really amazing stuff with gamification too. And I was inspired by that too. Um, like I, I did a, um, professional development last year all year long with the Orlando Science Center for middle school students to integrate um, modeling and simulation and we did like just some general STEM challenges and so one of them was a tower challenge and that's like a staple in STEM you know education to do something like that you know so give them cardboard um, three by five cards and tape certain amount of tape and make them build a certain you know make them build at a certain height by a certain time and I'm like okay how about I get those cute little botley robots we have out and, um, you know, they're supposed to be for little kids. So I did K-8, so I had them sitting around. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to put one on each desk. One remote is going to make them move and knock over the tower after a certain time limit if they don't reach a certain height. And then after that, whatever's left over, they build up to the ultimate height they're going for. So, you know, that they that was the same feeling. Like, oh, my gosh, this is our thing. This is, this, this is our thing. This yep. is our class. And this is crazy. But they were... I mean, middle school kids, so they got these cute little robots with big, huge eyes, and they're freaking out because they're like, I'm so scared. (laughs) But they loved it. I love that story. And, you know, I hope all of us kind of hear the value there is in taking time to do something special for your students, right? Mm -hmm. And and that taking that off-the-shelf product can save you a ton of time. So that amount of time you've saved, spend a little bit of it add in your own twist because then that then that becomes sort of a home-cooked meal for your kids yeah and that's I, a perfect way to put it i love i love that i love that feel of this is special this is mm-hmm. and i will fully admit they don't all work out but actually that's part that's part of it too you know <laughs> like maybe your thing it didn't work out maybe it became like too impossible to build the thing after it gets you know bumped by the robot maybe my Kahoot was too challenging so they didn't answer as many questions but like I don't know you learn from that and the kids actually I think appreciate they see you being a lifelong learner right in front of their eyes if everything comes off perfect and polished they just feel like oh like how much is he actually being a lifelong learner he's just doing the same thing over and over and over again Mm -hmm. so yeah I think um, being willing to fail in front of your students is a huge lesson for them that that failure is just part of learning and you're developing things as you go you're not you're not you didn't like jump into education knowing everything Mm-mm. you actually have to learn as you go and i think the more risks that you take especially with integrating games something that they love that they're experts about being you know totally fine with being humble and saying this is not my expertise but let's try it or give me your input how would you do this like i think asking especially middle school students for their input it makes them feel a sense of agency it makes them feel like they have control over what and how they learn even if it's just playtime you know they they feel like this is this is my place my community um but yeah there's a lot of ways that um that you can make that home cooked meal that you can have a little diversion thinking we were chatting a little bit ahead of time about um like a game like um into the breach which you can you can set up an epic games account for free and they have a free game every week and this was recently free so i mean my husband played it a ton and i was playing other games obsessively so i didn't i didn't try it out yet so i got it and i started to play it and i'm like oh my gosh get a collaborative whiteboard have kids work in a team and you know in different teams and come up with strategies on how to play this game and 
beat a level at the same time. And it's like a, it's a single player game, but you can turn it into a multiplayer and you can, um, you can have them kind of document what their choices were and discuss that together. And so it wouldn't be like a, you know, two minute thing, but it could be like a whole critical thinking, collaboration, learning to communicate and um, trying to figure out how to save the world from these monsters in on this like futuristic chessboard trying to save the city with your mechs, you know, it's pretty cool. No, and that's like, that brings me back to that whole, you know, backseat driver. Like, it is actually pretty engaging to sort of look at something and as a class, as a team, sort of say, like, I think we should do this. Just the sheer collaboration that that takes and the communication skills that that takes, that's a that's a use of your time that I think's well put. And then on that note, if you're wondering, like, well, I don't know where to build these in, think about some of those times you have in your day, like I said, my morning time where kids school hasn't begun my afternoon time where like i'm waiting for kids to get picked up or you know when school returns to normal and you have like normal recess and that stuff asking a few kids to stay in and sort of play this game and sort of bond with you as a big one and then in the example like becky has with like the whole class working on maybe a single player game together you could possibly build that into a unit if it's a if communication and collaboration is the focus of the unit or this could be like the fun thing you do if it's turn-based well then you could easily put that at, at the last few minutes of every classroom you know every class and we sort of slowly see how we do over two weeks you know that could be like a little hook uh it could be the first thing you do in the class like that could be your bell ringer get there early get in your seat so then you have a voice for our next move you know uh these are there's there's ways you can drop these things in where it's not huge invasive yeah i don't know pieces on your time like even um if you get into coding with students just to as a warm-up you could do human resource machine which is a game where you're pretty much just doing assembly language and you've got this bait this board and you have to pick up an input and then you have to use the the um the floor to set things down and manipulate things and then put the right output on the conveyor belt at the end. And I've had students use something like that and they're like, I don't know anything about coding. I'm like, no, let's just, you know, what would you do? What's the right order of things? And it gets that computational thinking going and it really helps to warm them up for whatever's next. If they're going to do math, this just did multiplication, you know? So you've just gotten them warmed up with that kind of thinking and they're ready to go. I mean, something like, um, a game called Baba is You is a really neat one. It's disruptive thinking where you've got this cute little, it looks like a bunny hopping around on the board, and you can change what certain things are. You know, so you slide things around physically, and it says, you know, Baba is wall, and then Baba is the wall. So the whole walls move around on the board. So you change, you change the rules pretty much. That's it's awesome. almost like playing. It's almost like playing Flux. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, you know, yeah. like where the rules are just changing and you're defining them as you play. And it's a really neat way to just loosen up, you know, your, your mind and get, I think we, um, when you get into uh, the classroom, sometimes everything is so rigid and it's, you know, everyone's looking for the same responses on your questions, on your worksheets and stuff. And it, it you've got to allow that divergent thinking to come out and, you know, the, um, the disruptive thinking where you say, well, wait a second, what if I did it a different way than I was taught? What would happen? It's like all about that what if. I love it. 
So on that, it is reflection time here. We're, we're already at the end of the show here. Uh, this quote comes from Shigeru Matamoro, Mayamoro, Miyamoro, sorry, I mispronounced that. He's the sort of big founder of Nintendo. Uh, so I thought this would be a good person to sort of pull a quote from. Uh, are you ready for it? Sure. All right, here he goes. Video games are bad for you. That's what they said about rock and roll. How does that fit our topic today? Um, well, I can give you a specific example. I spent my summer planning to teach Minecraft, um, like teach through Minecraft, mm -hmm. because I knew it was a way to connect the kids at home and the ones at school. And um, I knew it could be really well structured or it could just be for play. I knew we couldn't do play um, the same ways because of all the social distancing restrictions and certain students, you know, needing to be at home. So um, with that, I got resistance from from teachers who said, well, you know, parents aren't going to want their kids playing that. They don't like them playing those kinds of games, those kinds of games. They didn't, they've not really seen what you can do in Education Edition. It is incredible. Um, they haven't seen the, the creations kids have made and posted online. Mm -hmm. They've got kids who are even creating lessons and posting them to the Minecraft community in Education Edition. So, you know, that kind of resistance of, well, kids shouldn't be playing those kinds of games. And then some of them even saying, kids can't play games all day long, but then they have them using this ed tech all day, you know, telling me, when I was a substitute for a while there, just getting out of being a stay-at-home for mom for a while, they said, use those iPads. Let them play these ed tech games. That's your best friend. Like, you know, video games are not bad. Those are video games. Mm -hmm. They're just designed to teach specific content. So, you know, we need to embrace that video games are actually really good for us. They motivate us. They, video games taught me how to push myself and make myself my greatest challenger. Oh, and I like that. Because of that, I bend those rules and I make them harder on every game I play. I make it harder because I want to be my best. And it's not about me versus somebody else. It's about me being the best player that I can be because that is really re rewarding for me and enriching. But I, I like that. We need to change that mindset. No, that's really good. For me, uh, I think that the quote really, you know, encourages us to realize, you know, each generation sometimes holds on to like their generational experience, maybe sure. a little too long, right? Like we, we want to turn kids into, we want to, we want to have kids like kind of our experience and you, you, you got to be open to other people's hobbies, other people's like interests and mm -hmm. same with generations, like our generation needs to somewhat give way to their interest their hobby and maybe we could help translate how that their experience and our experience come together and i think video games do a really good job of that if we're open to it but if you just shut down like the rock and roll kind of comment like oh it's mm -hmm. all just crazy noise uh you're not seeing the beauty that's there um exactly and, and there's a tremendous amount of beauty there well, I know a number of brain scientists that say they're not just beautiful, but they're actually good for your brain too. So, hundred percent. Well, Becky, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, well played today. It's been an excellent having you here. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. 
everyone else, thank you so much for making Well Played a regular stop on your sort of podcast listening. I uh, really appreciate that. As always, you can check out the all, all the happenings that I have going on at MrMatera.com. I hope you check out my YouTube channel. And we got some live streams happening there. So, as always, I hope you have a great day and that you play on. <laughs>